Good morning, everyone. This morning we find ourselves in Genesis chapter 8. It's interesting, prior to reading this morning, uh, we have a an app, a band app that we're using to go through the Word of God together. And I saw Sue from our church. She made a comment about the patience of Noah. And uh, I read that comment, thought it was an interesting comment, and then got into our reading this morning. Now, you may recall that already we saw that Noah likely took many, many, many years to build this ark. We we pick up Noah when he was 500 years old, and then the floodwaters came on the earth at 600 years. And right after the his 500th year, he gets commanded to build this ark. Now, we don't know that it took him 100 years, but we do think it took him a long time to gather the material and to build that ark. And, you know, what a patient man already. Then we see that uh, Noah is on this boat, and from what we can tell, Noah was on it for a total of 14 months before he actually got off. Um, the The ark settled uh, after about 10 months of being completely flooded, the earth. Uh, he rested on top of the mountain after 10 months, but then... In, in total, it took an extra four more months, so 14 months, for the earth to dry out. And uh, so many times, you know, Noah sent out that raven that came back, and then he sent it out again. And then even after the the ground had, the water had receded and they were on dry ground, he could still see that the ground was too wet. So he had to continue to wait in order to get off that ark. And I think Sue was correct. Wow, what a what a patient man. I think I would have been so eager to get out of that ark and get on the ground. And you just don't see that in Noah. It just seemed like he just kept on waiting, kept being patient, kept waiting for the right time. And that made me think, you know, Noah called to this incredible task and the person that God chose to do it was someone who was steadfast. And someone who was patient. We'll see in the not too distant future that he wasn't perfect. Uh, Noah still had a sin problem. But it makes me think that, you know, as God asks you to do something or to be faithful to something or to serve him or to serve your family or to stick with your husband or your wife or, or whatever it may be, that at times it's not that we need some kind of superhero, but that we need someone who's going to stick it out, who's going to be patient, who's going to trust God and wait on God's timing. And that's an incredibly hard thing for us to do. But Noah, I think, learned to trust God. I mean, when that water came on the earth, Noah had to literally be like, I can trust God. I hear I built this boat for however long, and just like God said, the waters came. He was going to trust God and be faithful to God, and he was. And eventually, on the second month, on the 27th day of the month, the earth was dry, verse 14. And then God spoke to Noah, saying, Get out of the ark, you and your wife and your sons and your sons' wives with you. Bring out every living thing, 
of all flesh that is with you, birds and animals and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth, that they may swarm on the earth, and that they may be fruitful and multiply on the earth. And there yet again, even with the animals, he's desiring that they be fruitful and multiply. And we'll see in the chapters to come that God now, through Noah's family and his sons and his sons' wives, he's wanting them to procreate the earth and to again be fruitful and multiply and to bear the image and likeness of God. Of, of all the chapters we've read thus far, it was really hard to stop in chapter 8 today. To me, chapter 8 and the beginning of chapter 9 really link together. You know, those chapters aren't always God-inspired, meaning where they broke up the chapter. Those were later editions of man. And, and this one was one where uh, <laughs> I really wanted to keep reading and, go, and did go ahead and, and read some ahead. But uh, anyways, all these things now go, all the animals go on the earth. And then uh, very interesting, verse 20. Noah built an altar to Yahweh and took every clean animal and of every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And Yahweh smelled the soothing aroma. And Yahweh said to himself, well, let me stop there. God was really pleased with Noah giving an offering. It was like an offering of, I picture it as an offering of celebration, an offering of honoring God's faithfulness for saving them from the flood and then seeing them through this long journey of 14 months on the ark now getting off the ark on the dry land and uh, dry land and it was like man praise you god thank you god you have sought us through and i want to honor you through this offering and god smelled the smoothing aroma and and he was pleased with with noah's offering and you know we saw that already with abel's offering that god was pleased and now we see that through noah and god's beginning to show us how an offering is something that honors him. And ultimately, as we know, God ultimately offered his son in a similar way to he's honored. He he offered his son as a once and final offering for the sacrifice of sin. So we're seeing this offering elevated early on in the scriptures, and we'll see that continue as we move forward. Then, I've never seen this before, but it said in verse 21, Yahweh smelled the soothing aroma, and Yahweh said to himself. So, like, this is something he's just saying to himself at first, and then he echoes it again in chapter 9. We'll look at that tomorrow. But, I will never again curse the ground because of man. And and look at, he acknowledges, very interesting, God already knows that even after this flood, and even, even after starting over through Noah, that man still has an inclination to sin. Listen to what it says. For the intent of man's heart is evil from his youth. But even despite that, even despite him knowing that man's still going to struggle with sin, I will never again strike down every every living thing as I have done, while all the days of the earth... And I thought this was interesting too as we read this morning. Verse 22, I'm reading from the LSB this morning. And what they'll do is they'll italicize a word that's not actually in the text to let you know they they inserted it uh, for your benefit, so to speak. I don't always like those, but verse 22 says, 
well, all the days of the earth, and then they inserted remain. I think they're trying to, you know, maybe the, the Hebrew way of speaking, that's the, the, the reference from the way that that sentence is written, and, and they helped us by putting in remain. Isn't that interesting, though? All the days of the earth remain. You know, one of the things that that tells you is, you know, very early on in Genesis, there's an indication that, you know, this earth isn't going to remain forever. And one day there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. All the way back here in Genesis 8, we're already seeing that God knows that, that, that one day this is going to come to an end. Um, very interesting. So while all the days of the earth remain, seed time and harvest and cold and heat and summer and winter and day and night shall not cease. So we're going to continue in this pattern that we have today. Uh, of our days and summer and winter all the way until one day when God brings about the new heaven and the new earth. Well, I hope we can take something from today. Maybe it's how we need to bring patience to certain things in our lives where God's asking us to be faithful and we need to wait on Him. Perhaps that is what God has for us today. I think we do need to remember how God honors when we give an offering to him, and we see that here. And uh, God bless you all. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in chapter 9.